Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to Talking France, a podcast about the increasingly tense French presidential election. I'm Ben McPartland. Thanks for listening. The first round of voting in the 2022 French presidential election took place on Sunday to decide the two candidates who will face off against each other to be the next president of France. In this week's episode, I'll be joined by the local France's editor, Emma Pearson, who will talk us through all the results and reaction. We'll look at who had a good night, who had a bad one, and which candidates probably wish they'd never entered the race. We'll look ahead to what will happen over the next two weeks as all eyes now turn towards the decisive second round vote on April the 24th. It really is squeaky bum time in France. Or at least that's how our political columnist John Litchfield sums up the Elysee. John will join me once again this week to discuss what the first round results mean and look at who stands the greatest chance of winning. Nothing guaranteed, John says. What is certain though is that France stands at a pivotal moment. So let's get straight on. Emma, thanks for joining us. Uh, we should say we're recording this on Sunday night. The initial results are in. Uh, it shows that Marine Le Pen and Emmanuel Macron will again face off in the second round runoff. That's a repeat of 2017. Just guide us through their kind of initial results so far, Emma. Yeah, preliminary scores, we've got Macron on 28 and Le Pen on 23. So fairly close, but actually not as close as initially we thought. Some of the the first estimates that were published in the foreign press showed them absolutely neck and neck, but it's not quite been that close. Yeah, that really got us talking before the actual uh, real initial results came out. It had them at 24, 24, and that really got... My phone was buzzing, people were texting... Uh, people. My mother-in-law was texting me in a panic, but it turns out that Macron actually scored slightly better than that. He's around 28, uh, Le Pen 23. Like you said, we should say that by the time listeners hear this podcast, the results will probably be more certain than this. Nevertheless, them two are going to face each other in a repeat of the second round runoff. What's been the reaction from Macron, who was speaking to his supporters slightly after uh, nine o'clock tonight? Yeah, he's basically called on everybody to join together with him to keep the far right out of power, pretty much as we expected, really. He basically said, you know, he's asking people to join him, and but he accepts that people might not necessarily endorse him, but will still back him against the far right. So he's kind of accepting the fact that he's not very popular among a lot of people, but asking people to back him anyway. And Le Pen, she also was speaking to supporters after the results and she basically urged anyone who didn't vote for Macron to back her. She's trying to rally this anti-Macron vote that we know uh, exists in the country. Hopefully she wants them to vote for her, whether they abstain or just stay away. That could also benefit Marine Le Pen. She says she's going to put France in order within five years. She sounded very confident. She talked about a clash between societies and civilizations, classic Le Pen kind of stuff. But in 2017... She didn't really, you know, stand a chance of winning that election. But now it's going to be, it looks like being a lot closer. Yeah, it looks very close, actually. We've had a couple of second round, like very early second round polls, and they're showing very close indeed. The uh, the Ipsos poll was on 51% for Macron, 48 for Le Pen, which is, you know, 
dead heat, really. The others are slightly further out, and obviously we'll get more polls as the day goes on, but it's certainly shaping up to be close in the second round. Now, of course, that second round vote, a lot will depend on who the voters of the defeated candidates opt for in the runoff. Now, let's talk about some of the other candidates in this election. In third place, as it stands, was Jean-Luc Mélenchon. Now, this was a decent uh, score for Jean-Luc Mélenchon. Yeah, absolutely. 20% it's looking like. So, I mean, we've really got the sort of three candidates at the top, Macron on 28, Le Pen on 23, Mélenchon on 20, who are the very much the big hitters. And then there's a big drop-off and really all the other candidates didn't do well at all. And what about the reaction from Mélenchon? Has he called on his supporters to back either of the two candidates? Well, he hasn't actually called on his supporters to back Macron, but he's definitely called on his voters not to back Le Pen. So it's a bit of a a halfway house, really. He was very clear about uh, anti-Le Pen, though. He said not a single vote should go to, to Le Pen. And he said that three times. So he was very emphatic about it. But we could see a lot of his um, supporters abstaining rather than actually voting for Macron in the second round, which could be quite significant. Yes, one of the defeated candidates who went the other way and called on their voters to back Le Pen is, of course, far-right Eric Zemmour. Now, Eric Zemmour, as we're talking, is looking at getting around 7% of the vote. That really is not what he'd hoped for, given that he was on about 14% a couple of months ago. Yeah, I mean, he was touted by a lot of people as the the new face of the far right, and he's really not emerged to be that at all. He's, you know, 7%. He's really not done very well. And I read a quote from one of his uh, supporters saying, this really is a slap in the face to get such a low score. However, uh, if we're talking about, you know, humiliation and real slaps in the face, you know, we can't look further than perhaps Valerie Pécresse, who's struggling to get above 5% here. Yeah, she's hovering at about sort of 4.8, 4.9% at the moment. And this 5%, as you mentioned, is significant because candidates who score less than 5% don't get their expenses reimbursed by the state. If you score over 5%, you can claim back half of your election expenses by the state. Whereas if you're less than 5%, you can only claim back a, a really tiny amount. So, I mean, that's five financially huge for the parties of the candidates who don't hit that score. And we should say Pécresse did call on her voters to back Macron, is that right? She did, yeah. Someone who won't be getting their campaign expenses covered by the state is Anne Hidalgo. Yes, bless her, she's looking on about 2%, so a very poor result for her. Uh, again, she's called on her supporters too, worked to back Macron. As we're sort of talking, most of the losing candidates have called on their supporters too, worked to back Macron. We've got Pécresse and Hidalgo, as we said. Yannick Jadot, the Green candidate, he's called on them to support. Fabien Roussel, the Communist candidate. Philippe Poutou, the Trotskyist candidate. They're all calling to back Macron. Yeah, and you mentioned Yannick Jadot, the Green Party candidate. Now, he, again, I, I read, a, a, I was watching BF. FMTV on French TV uh, last night and they were talking about how look you know Yannick Jadot the Green Party candidate he had a kind of open goal almost to score well in this election they said the planet's burning and yet Yannick Jadot can't get more than 5% of the vote he's, he's another one that should be disappointed really It's a really bad result for him I mean French voters consistently tell pollsters that the environment is one of their top concerns and they do vote green on a local level but they've really not turned out for Jadot whether it's because of international factors whether it's because he's seen as a single issue candidate or whether he's just not very inspiring which would be my personal leaning on that one indeed and one other point we should mention is that you know over 50 percent of voters backed kind of so-called anti-system candidates uh, we add up Le Pen's voters Zemmour's voters some of the Trotskyist candidates voters there really is a kind of anti-system vote out there that Le Pen will obviously hope to get in the second round If we move on, let's talk about the second round a little bit, Emma. You mentioned the initial polls that came out suggesting that this was going to be a very close race. 
A few weeks ago, it was all done and dusted. Now we're set for a really tense couple of weeks ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. We've got two weeks to go now until the uh, second round of voting, which again is on a on a Sunday night, same format as this one. And the slate is wiped clean. The candidates, they don't take forward their scores from uh, from this one. We, we start again. Um, and it's just a straightforward head-to-head out of Macron-Le Pen. Who gets the most votes is the next president. And one of the key things uh, that we'll look at in the second round vote will be turnout, or taux de participation, as the French call it. Any lesson from tonight about turnout? It's not been very high. Uh, looking at uh, about 73% at the moment, which actually, if you were in the UK or the US, that would be a good turnout. But by French standards, it's a, a low turnout. In fact, it's the lowest turnout since 2002, which was the year that uh, Marine Le Pen's father, Jean-Marie Le Pen, surprisingly got through to the second round. And it may go up, it may go down for the second round. It's not set to be the same 73% in the second round. The fact that it's Le Pen and the fact that polls suggest she has a real chance of becoming president will obviously play a significant role in terms of voter turnout on April the 24th. Now, what happens between now and April the 24th? It's going to be intense campaigning by the two candidates. Yeah, it's certainly going to be more intense campaigning by Macron, I think. I mean, we've kind of said this before, that he really doesn't seem to have particularly got started in this race. And yes, okay, he probably has good reasons, the international situation. He said when he declared that he wouldn't be able to run a normal campaign. But a lot of people have felt that he's been very lacklustre in this campaign and I think figures even within his own party have been quite spooked by how bad his uh, his result was and will be pushing him to do a lot more campaigning so I think we'll see uh, maybe a more lively campaign from uh, from the Macron team over the next two weeks. Why is everyone talking about reservoirs at the moment Emma? It's not a large body of water it's a reservoir of votes um, and this is to do with as we were mentioning earlier what the losing candidates who they endorse for the uh, for the next round so as we mentioned earlier so the results that for Macron Le Pen you've got roughly 28-23% but that means that 50% of the voters didn't vote for either of them so in the next round they have to pick who they're going to decide to support. Some of it will be what the candidate they voted for said. People might listen to that, but, you know, they don't have to. It's their own choice. Some people might not vote at all. Mélenchon supporters in particular have been sort of telling pollsters that they'll just abstain in the second round, but most of them will probably vote and will have to decide who to pick. So this is why the the endorsements from the losing candidates Mm. are important. Who's got the biggest reservoir? We will find out in a couple of weeks. One of the key uh, moments in the two weeks uh, between the first and the second round is obviously the live televised debate back in 2017. This really was the moment when Le Pen kind of lost it. You know, it was kind of the nail in the coffin. She really performed badly in the in the debate against Emmanuel Macron. Do we have a date for this debate? Uh, yes, it's next Wednesday, uh, tw- April 20th, Wednesday evening, live on TV. And it's a, it's a head-to-head debate between the two of them with a, a moderator. Um, you know, this is the kind of clash that Macron will probably be very confident about. Well, he maybe shouldn't be too confident, actually. He might find it a bit more difficult this time. Le Pen presumably will have been practising. You know, both she and her team will be aware that she blew it in 2017. So you would assume that she's been doing a lot of practice with this. Macron's also at a bit of a disadvantage because he's the incumbent, so he's easier to attack for his. Uh, the the policies that he's done over the last five years that weren't very popular. So uh, there are a couple of things that count against him. But 
he is a he's a fluent debater he's a confident debater he likes that kind of thing and i imagine he'll be quite on the attack about her economic policies which most economists uh, agree basically just don't add up yeah there was some some dirty tactics in that debate i seem to remember uh, or i watched a documentary about this actually and that macron's team put out suggestions that if le pen got too aggressive with him he was going to storm out of the debate and leave the studio so that prompted le pen to really become aggressive during the debate which portrayed her as kind of unpresidential. It was really a kind of Macron's team trying to stitch Le Pen up, make her seem more aggressive. He wasn't obviously going to storm out of the studio, but um, we will wait and see whether any kind of underhand tactics in the run-up to that debate will happen this time around. Anything else to mention before the second round vote? It's all eyes on April the 24th. It is, yeah. Um, One thing I think that we will probably see a bit more of is a bit more scrutiny of Le Pen's policies that I think it seems to me that she's escaped a lot of that so far, that there's or the focus has been on other candidates. She's been made to seem more moderate by Zemmour, who's just very extreme. She's uh, She's been able to sort of put out this economic programme that sounds brilliant. You know, she's going to cut taxes and she's going to increase benefits and she's going to balance the books. And there's not really been that much scrutiny as to how she's going to do all of those three things. So I think we'll probably see some tougher scrutiny of Le Pen over the next two weeks. Thanks, Emma. And I should say to all listeners, there are loads of articles on the election and the reaction and the results on the local.fr. Please go and check it out if you're looking for election news. Stay with us over the next couple of weeks. We'll bring you all the latest news and developments in the race for the Elysee. Just a reminder to our listeners, this podcast is only possible thanks to those who've supported us by becoming members of The Local. It takes time and resources to produce our independent journalism. If you're not yet a member but would like to join, you can find a practically irresistible price for your first month by visiting thelocal.fr slash podcast offer. Now I'm going to bring in our columnist John Litchfield to get his take on what these first round results mean and find out who he thinks will be victorious in two weeks' time. John, thanks for joining us from Normandy. We're talking on on Sunday night uh, after the initial results, the projections are in. John, we're facing a rerun of the 2017 second round runoff between Emmanuel Macron and Marine Le Pen. What's your initial reaction to the scores from the first round? I would say that Macron people will be delighted with those scores in the sense that the you know tide have been running very powerfully in Marine Le Pen's favour in the last two or three weeks. The last polls, the last opinion polls showed him only two or three points ahead in the first round. There was even some suggestions that she might overtake him. In the end, he's ending up something like five points ahead of her with a, a very high score, really, 28%, which is you know well ahead of his 23, 24, he's had most of the year, only just below his peak, just after the Ukraine war began. But she also, you know, outpolled her uh, polls for the first time in, in five years, getting 23, 24%, depending on which polling organisation you believe has projected the score right. And if, if you look at the other scores, there's not that many votes out there for Macron to gather to win in the second round. It's going to be very tight. I think um, it's not going to be anything like the 66-34 of last time. I think it might be something like 54-46 to at most. I think the second round is going to be hard for her because people will now concentrate on her as a possible president rather than the anti-Macron, rather than the nice woman who likes cats. And so it's going to be a tough second round campaign for her. I think Macron will win it, but it's by no means guaranteed. Well, let me talk about the second round now. Let me put a question to you. We hear often of the the front Republican, this idea of, you know, in second round runoffs in all French elections, people vote against the far right if there's a far right candidate. 
It also feels now there's a kind of front anti-Macron, the idea that people would vote for any candidate against Macron. Does the second round depend on which one of those two groups, you know, comes out the strongest? Absolutely. It's exactly going to be the scenario, I think, for the second round. Uh, And the key vote there will be these 20% of voters who voted for Jean-Luc Mélenchon today. Now, not all of those voters are hardcore Mélenchonistes. You know, we know from earlier in the campaign that when he was just one of, of a lot of left-wing candidates, he was only polling something like 7 8 9%. So a lot of those are left-wingers who piled in behind him late in the campaign in the hope of getting him in the second round so they wouldn't have the choice that they hate between Macron and Le Pen. They fell just short, only 3% short. So now they face exactly the choice that you're talking about there. I think the hardcore Mélenchonistes will either abstain or in some cases, rather extreme cases, vote for Le Pen. I think a lot of the more green socialist ones who joined him will probably reluctantly be brought into the Macron camp. But then if you look, I value progresses down to five percentage points. I mean, that's the centre-right that used to run this country. Most times, most times are not. And it's an extraordinarily low score for her. And if you add then the socialist score of only 2%, that's 7% for the two main parties of government or families of government of this country since the Second World War. It's an extraordinary result in that respect and doesn't give Macron very many other votes to call on. But it's a whole new cast of voters. It's a whole new dynamic in the second round. And I think that in a sense, the momentum, the sense of expectations has shifted away from Marine Le Pen tonight. She was expected to do very well. She didn't do quite as well as expected. I think expectations are a very important thing in politics. And I, I think Overall, it's been a, a bit of a kind of blow, a defeat for her, success for Macron, but still a lot to play for in the second round. Indeed. If we look at some of the reactions from the defeated candidates that could be telling, most of them or the ones so far, like Hidalgo and Pécresse and, and Yannick Jadot from the, from the Greens, have called on voters to back Macron. Mélenchon and a couple of the far-left candidates have said, you know, basically don't give any votes to the far right. Not one vote must go to the extreme right, I think Mélenchon's words were. Does that bode well for Macron being able to kind of persuade voters to give him another five years in office? Yes. I mean, it was very similar last time. Those comments were very, very similar to what was said last time, basically. I think you'll get other big names, bigger names, maybe piling in on Macron's side. I wouldn't be surprised to see Nicolas Sarkozy, the former centre-right, President, as early as tomorrow, say that he's backing Macron, as he has been, I think, secretly all through the first round campaign as well. I think there there will be one or two other things like that. Now, you know, if you're someone who hates Macron and hates the system, hates the establishment, those kind of things don't help. You know, it looks like a conspiracy against you rather than a conspiracy against Marine Le Pen alone. So that alone doesn't get Macron in, but it does help. And it pushes those kind of moderate left, moderate centre-right voters who are undecided whether to vote at all or whether to vote for Macron in that direction to vote for him. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting second round campaign. But I, I think overall, as I thought all along, but had a few wobbles recently, I think um, Macron is on course to be the first president re-elected in France for 20 years. It's going to be an interesting two weeks. John, you alluded to, to another story of the night uh, being the, the disastrous scores almost for the centre-right party under the candidate Valérie Pécresse and, of course, Socialist Party candidate Anne Hidalgo. Uh, Pécresse at around 5%, uh, Hidalgo at, at around 2%. I mean, is it really kind of that's it now for these two main party politics in France? Yes. I don't think, the well, take the Republican first. I don't think that party can survive that score. It, me- it means that her support 
which was running at, what, 15%, not so long ago, has been drained from two directions. Uh, it's gone to Zamor, first of all, and then some of that jumped over to Marine Le Pen. And it's been it's drained, been drained to Macron. I think that the reason why her score is so low is because Macron's score is so high. I think that the extra three or four points that Macron got came largely from her and parts of the centre-left. So essentially, you know, for that party, that's the party of De Gaulle, of Sarkozy, of Chirac, to get 5% in the presidential election is a calamity from which that party cannot recover. And so that party is going to be cannibalised, I think, in the next few years, starting with the parliamentary elections in June. And it will go in the directions I've described. Part of them will go either to Le Pen or to Eric Zemmour, who didn't do very well either with only 7.2%. Oh, and part of them will be drawn into a sort of wide coalition around Macron surrounding Edouard Philippe, uh, the former centre-right prime minister. So, yeah, I think that there's going to be enormous uh, reconstruction going on, as there has been for several years now, of French politics. And the Party Socialist is, is essentially dead on those mm. on those scores. But they still have, both of those parties still have enormous power at regional and local level. They still control most of the big town halls in France. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, John, just to bring it back to the, to the two candidates, Macron versus Le Pen. Finally, what does Le Pen have to do in these two weeks ahead of us to win the election? Oof, I, I think she has to do what she's been doing in a way, uh, pose as this woman who's close to the people, who, who understands people's concerns, understands about high prices, taxes, and uh, is a sort of pleasant, uh, rather maternal woman now, not the slightly kind of sort of sharper sort of character she was before. And she has to try and stave off, and I don't think she can, the beginnings of an examination of her record in supporting Vladimir Putin. And also, uh, if you look at her programme, and as I said before, I don't think probably more than two out of ten voters that voted for her tonight ever bothered looking at her programme. But it is extraordinarily extreme. I and mean, people say she's she's moderated her policies, but really it hasn't at all. I mean, essentially, her policy would be to leave the European Union by stealth, essentially, to become a, a kind of a victor. Victor Orban on on a bigger scale in France, which would destroy the European Union. And I think I think when those kind of facts are brought home to people over the next two or three weeks, it's going to be very difficult for her to 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 win. So Macron's in the driving seat. It's going to be a tense couple of weeks in France, John. You mentioned before accidents can happen in French politics. Do you believe after the results today, just a final word, that kind of accident, which is Marine Le Pen being elected is less likely to happen now. I think it's less likely, but if you add up the scores, you know that something like 53% of the people who voted tonight voted for candidates who one way or another want to tear down the system. Uh, it's not going to be easy for Macron, who has been rightly or wrongly identified as the kind of pointy-headed anarch uh, man who's absolute pure product of the system, to, to win. I think he will, but you can see how difficult it is for him. Now, the, the, why he can help is that part of those are sort of left and, and against the establishment, some of them are right against the establishment. Some of them hate the far right as much as they hate Macron. So it's going to be exactly what you said before, whether she can persuade 50% of voters plus one that they don't want Macron for a second term, or, or whether he can persuade 50% of voters plus one, hopefully more than that, that they really don't want to have the first far-right leader of France since Philippe Pétain in 1944. Thank you, John, for joining us on the line from Normandy, and we'll hear more from you before the second round vote.
That brings us to the end of the episode. Remember, you can visit the local.fr for all our election coverage over the next few weeks. And we'll be back with another edition of Talking France next week. In the meantime, if you're looking for podcasts about the French election, check out Crossroads France, produced by our friends at Agence France Presse. Thanks to everyone for listening. 